I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. I, thought, I really thought the difference in the second half was we just didn't rebound. We got some defensive stops and got in position, and we even had position where we had the ball and didn't get the ball. And the 16 rebound differential was the difference in, in the game. They got too many second efforts, and that's where you foul in those situations. Uh, we played the bigger lineup. I thought that was good for us in the first half, and we rebounded better. Uh, the second half, we just didn't. And they had a smaller lineup out there, and we just didn't get the ball. Yeah. I don't know. He, he allowed himself to be taken out when he got back in the first time. He did nothing, and then when I, he he just showed nothing. You know, he he was not. You know, he he still cannot make plays off the dribble, and you have to do that when you're being guarded that closely. Uh, and he he just didn't do that. We're not getting any penetration from our guards uh making plays. O'Shea made the best plays today of anybody. And you know, Tyus and Frank are averaging like about one assist a piece in these losses. And you know, we need them to be able to get in there and if they don't score, make a play. And uh, you know, they're veteran guys. We obviously we need them to play better. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please subscribe. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. So, um, well... <laughs> The Orange with another second half collapse. They got outscored 43-24 to in the second half by Clemson after leading in the first. Syracuse falls to 19-12 overall, 10-8 in ACC play. And just like that, the regular season is over. And all we can do now is go ahead and look ahead to the ACC tournament and hope that uh, we can make a little noise. And these next two tournaments coming up, uh, we'll wrap up the show with a look at the ACC tournament. But first, uh, get your 5% off of any ticket anywhere. The ACC tournaments in Charlotte, you need tickets? Go to Tix Blitz. Tix Blitz is the official ticket provider for the Armchair Media Network. And unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in all the extra fees and unexplained service charges at Tix Blitz, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees should not prevent you from seeing the sporting event or concert of your choosing. So go to TixBlitz.com, enter the promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout, and receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T I X. 
B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code armchair. Ticks, blitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. So Tuesday, well, Monday night or Tuesday, we're going to be dropping another Q-story episode, special episode that we already recorded. Um, so we tried to we keep it as short as possible. So, um, we did? We did. Yes, you were no. there. Wow. You were there. No. You should know, too, because you're the reason it went long. What? But anyway. Oh, That's yeah. Oh, my God. This guy. I'm like, let's keep it around 30, 35 minutes. I think we can do it. Hour later. Joe's no, just, stop. <laughs> but, uh, such an over-exaggerator. <laughs> but that'll come out Tuesday. It was fun to do. It's kind of long. I think it's like it's like fifty something minutes. But anyway, it? yeah, yeah, it's not it's not terrible. Well, so you know, be on the lookout for, for the that. Course when you talked about a six overtime game. That's right. So, well, let, let's. I mean, let's get right into this here. You know, another flat second half. I mentioned of offense for Syracuse. It doesn't mean they were leading at the half again by seven, and then over ten minutes without scoring in the second half, Clemson went on a 14-0 run, and that would be it for the Orange pretty much. Uh, For whatever reason, it takes an act of Congress to get all these veteran players playing up to their potential at the same time. It's always one guy standout. You don't have these two guys standout games, three guys standout games out of these veterans. It's just so frustrating. I mean, Brissett, who's been on the struggle bus the past few games, he actually led the Orange in scoring with 15. He had seven rebounds. He was five for five from the line. I mean, you know, where's this been yeah. all year? It's like, what the <laughs> freak is going on? Uh, Buddy Beheim followed up Brissett with 11 points, but he was only two for seven from deep. Battle struggles continued. He's He went uh, three for 11 from the field, three from six for the line, and he only got 10 points. Uh, Battle has scored just 21 points, eight of 30. That's 26.7% in the last two games. Hughes was a non-factor. Um, he, I mean, he had a big goose egg in the box score. He got in foul trouble early. I think he only played like 11 minutes. Uh, um, he, he got up only two shots, and in this five-game stretch where he scored double figures comes to an end against Clemson. The Orange, decent from the line, 13-17, 76.5%, 37.5% from the field, and 31.6% from distance. Uh, Syracuse is not a good rebounding team, may have been an understatement at the at the in this game we got killed on the boards 45 to 30 visible frustration across the board from the Syracuse team the bench the players the coaches yeah. and you have to wonder Joe at this point you know it's late are they all of a sudden going to turn it on late can they turn it on late i mean what's going on and we finished regular regular season now it's win and go home you know Syracuse is looking right now if they play like this they're looking at two more games they're looking yeah. at two more games. You can, uh, yeah, you could say that. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> side, side note, side note. I'm sorry. Side note. Howard, by the way, in the last five games, is shooting 28.2%, 11 to 39. I mean, it, stuff like that, it's not going to yeah. get it done. And then you got the, no. you got Brissett finally stepping up. There's, there's, there's never a consistency with the veteran players on the floor. They can't all be clicking at the same time. It's always one guy and then everybody else struggles. If we get yeah. the one guy. You know what I'm saying? And then- yeah, we obviously our offense we've struggled in this second half you, you saw it worse than it, I've seen it in a little while. Just running into each other. People <laughs> did I mean they couldn't they were bringing their defenders into where people were trying to go and they, their spacing was awful and again you talked about the assists, the assists it's just teams when they D up like that. Clemson is, I think they had the third rated defense in the ACC um, going into that game. So they are a formidable defense. And again, we talked about 
all the the things coming in up to this game that was going to give you know Clemson motivation to do what they did yesterday. Right, they had from, motivation. From, senior day, they needed to win. Senior day revenge. They needed to win. Yes, I don't think that they thought that they played good when they came into the dome earlier in the year. And Marquise Reed, I think, was just only his second or third game back from a sprained knee where he missed a bunch of games, and I don't think he felt that he played that good, and I think he redeemed himself yesterday for sure. Um, yeah, he started slow but, too and, and still overcame that. Right, and again, when you look at these teams just by the numbers next to their name, and sometimes some people don't delve into how close this could be completely different with – the wins that Clemson could have pulled off, like we talked about um, in the pregame, three out of their four last, uh, three out of their four last losses, they, it was combined, I think, by four points. So, I mean, they lost yeah, a bunch one of those of being, and, Yeah, one of those being UNC, too. They almost beat UNC at home. Right. They had two, yeah, two one-point games. Then they lost to UNC by two. They uh, lost to North Carolina State earlier in these years uh, with a buzzer beater. They're ranked ahead of us in... Um, a lot of the, you know, net and Ken Palm and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they're not that bad of a team. It's just because of those couple losses and maybe not a signature win, they find themselves closer to the bubble than we do. So therefore, it looks like it was a game we should have taken. But I mean, even Vegas had us as a five point underdog. I forgot to do the my bookie pick. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it's okay. but, um, yeah, I mean, I think more or less we talked about it. We talked about how this was a quad one game for us and that losing this game wasn't going to kill us. Uh, I think the most important thing really is, like you said, just the way that we looked and the way that oh, the team yeah. played. Uh, battle some and people coach just didn't look the- into it. And, and then, of course, the way the battle falls at the end of the, of the game. Right. Uh, that's really the most important thing because you know that – Right, I agree. We, we go as battle goes. So, I mean, they're not gonna. They're probably not gonna do much of anything without battle. If he, if he's got, you know, if he did something to his back where he can't play, and I mean, right, it's gonna be, a, it's and, gonna be even, you know, that much more tough. And how about battle's body language though on the bench and walking away from coach? And we haven't really seen that out of battle. I mean, he did no. turn around and face him and talk. It looked cordial, but he was frustrated, man. Oh yeah, he was frustrated. Of yeah, and what was not to be frustrated about? I mean, he was getting oh, beat agree. up by yeah. David Scara, and here's a guy that you know almost went to left and went to the NBA last year, and they're talking about it being a no-brainer, and at least I've thought of it. And he's had some couple bad games here where he hasn't been able to make a lot of the shots that he's done in the past. And I mean, there's probably a lot of things coming out of the frustration, especially like like what we talked about is that he sees. I mean, the end is near. He likes college basketball. He likes Syracuse. He likes his teammates. He wants to make a run. Yeah. And he sees the light at the end of the tunnel, and that can be frustrating. And and I don't I the the body language told me watching on TV that he wasn't mad at Coach. He's just frustrated. I think I think Coach Beheim was trying to talk to him to try to calm him down and get him focused again. Right. That's more along the lines of what I thought it was. By the way, I didn't think yeah. it was anything internal, but it just well, no, it, it looks bad on TV. But again, I yeah. think they're both uh, obviously. I mean, Ty's battle is mature enough to handle the situation. Again, I think it was just a a personal frustration, frustration, and you know maybe coach saying something that might have just irked him at the time. And again, it's just water under the bridge. It's just a very frustrating game. 
I would have been frustrated too the way that that offense is playing. Yeah, and um, we've seen what it's like or how battle plays mad and how he gets the he gets the he gets the freaking red in his eyes and he plays mad. But I think it was beyond that. I think he was just he was just pissed and frustrated and he just you know he couldn't do yeah. anything. And it's been you know it's been two games in a row, but it's been a couple. It's been you know down the stretch here. It's been a few games. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's not forget too that he's a guy that. He doesn't get a lot of calls for being a so-called one of the better players in the ACC and in the country, yeah. and and he there's a lot of times he's just, I think over the whole season he's just been frustrated at how physical guys can play him and and, he, and not get called for things and exactly yeah so a team like Clemson fighting for that they were what they needed that win. So Clemson was going to sit there and push the issue, push the issue until the refs did something about it. And the refs let them play. And that kind of worked to their advantage. They were really physical and they got a lot of rebounds in the second half that I thought was really the the game. Just the way that they, they could just, they were all over the place and they were dominating the boards and second chance points. And just, they just seemed like they were pushing us around and they just wanted the game more. And I think overall, when you got a team that can, that looks like that and ties battles looking at everybody like we don't got it right now. You know, this isn't, I think he's more frustrated at that. Like he wants to, he wanted to probably be at a certain point right now in the season. And now, like you said, getting into the point where we're going into these tournaments with one and done and he's not liking what he sees. So yeah, I'm hoping that he's healthy. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that know, he can play. Yeah. I mean, you know, it didn't look good. The, our tournament, no, it didn't look good, but he got back out there. So with the technology and the medicine and the physical therapy and all that kind of stuff that you just hope that it's just, he's tight and he's going to be tight and that you could just loosen it up and just do the right stuff throughout the week. You know, we got four, four or five days, right? You don't play till Wednesday. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, you want to do some fan feedback real quick? Yeah. All right. Sure. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. The best damn college sports fans in the nation. All right, y'all know where to go. Go to at Cuse Militia on Facebook and Twitter. I always propose a question at the ever, at the end of every game. Uh, provoking your thoughts, leave them there, and then I will sift through them, and I'll pick about 10 of them out between Facebook and Twitter, and we'll uh, get them on the show. But before we do all that, we're going to hear from our friends over at MyBookie. Now, if you know online betting and you're familiar with it, then you know what to expect. If you're not familiar with it, make sure you check it out and see if it's right for you. But the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year, whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all the above, my bookie is a perfect home for you on March Madness. Uh, will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke and win a title? I hope not. Uh, can Virginia get past <laughs> its loss to a 16-seed team last year? I hope not. Can Kentucky go back to the Final Four? Who cares? I don't care about Kentucky. Can Syracuse make a run? in either one of these tournaments coming up. That's what I want to know, and that's what you should bet on. Well, maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) Actually, <laughs> if you know, think if, about it. If you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on all the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guys out there like Joe. Uh, my bookie has been in business for years. The goal is to give you the best customer service in the business, and the best part is they pay out fast when you win. And I'm talking about 48 hours, so you can get that cash right away. Bet with the best. 
then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Just deposit with my bookie today and use the promo code QS25 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's uh, promo code QS25 with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so uh, I did do I did some quick polls yesterday and I thought they were appropriate. And yeah. um, so the first one, uh, 430 votes on it. And I guess it still has time left, but we're going to do it. <clears throat> it's clear. Uh, it, where is Battle going to play next year was the question. And coming in at 15% it last, at fourth, <laughs> is the NBA. And, you know, yep. coming in third is overseas. Or excuse me, coming in th- uh, third would be Q's, playing, going back and playing for the Orange. Oh, really? Yeah. And then overseas and then... Um, thirty-four percent think they're going. He's going to play in the G League. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he would want to go. Well, I don't know. I can't judge what he's he's thinking. I don't know why he why he wouldn't go if he wasn't going to be thinking he was going to be a first round pick. I guess if you're not going for the money, why not hold out another year maybe and boost your stock? I guess is what yeah. I'm I mean, at some point. You can only do so much, and uh, you know your your years of being able to make pretty good money playing basketball, whether it be in the NBA or whether it be overseas, is you know um, very small window. So, if he's gotten to the point where he doesn't see himself progressing anymore, and he has got his degree and he's done everything that he could do at, at Syracuse, and he's ready to move on, then even if it's going overseas and getting his career started. Um, then so be it. And you know, there's been plenty of guys that have made great money overseas and in other leagues um, that weren't good enough to make it to the NBA, but still end up doing just fine for themselves. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, obviously, selfishly, you'd like to see him come back, but if he if if he can't progress, then past a player that's going to get drafted in the late first early second round, a lot of these Syracuse guys that we've seen, that's what they do. They get drafted right. I mean, some get drafted earlier, but there's other guys who get, have lately been getting drafted a little bit later. And what do they do? You know, they get their two, three years in the league, they get a chance, and then they end up going overseas or they're playing in the G League. Um, not too many guys lately have been sticking in the pros for Syracuse. And um, albeit unfortunate, and that's kind of the way you got to look at it with Ty's battle. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, I think if I if I I don't vote on my own polls, but if I were to vote, I would say I would say maybe overseas. I just talked about the consistency last week with the NBA. I'm not sure, man. I just don't know. I, I'm a bad judge at that too. So see, well, I I think I see him as somebody who will get he'll get uh, invited to the combine again, and then he will uh, most likely, like I said, he'll, he'll it'll be NBA next year. It's, it's just whether he sticks just, in the NBA. Right. Okay. He can get he somebody will somebody will throw a dart and 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 go after him and give him a chance. But it's again he'll have two or three years to to stick. Right. And if not, then he'll move on to G League or, or overseas. Yeah. Uh, well, I did the I put out the same poll for Brissett next year, and uh, coming in last at three percent, uh, three hundred thirty six votes. Three percent said the NBA. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> next at 11% was overseas and in, um, in second place at 14% was the G League an overwhelming 
majority of Syracuse fans on our Twitter page think at 72% that he comes back. So I think he comes back. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the case, a, too. If yeah. he doesn't come back, it's going to be the G League. He's not going to get drafted. No, absolutely I don't, I mean, not. I don't, mean, I don't mean that to say. No, we like, never I'm not mean, to be mean. Right, right. But obviously. right now, he's, he's proven that he's not – he hasn't really jumped. Last year, I think he probably, other than the jump shooting and the shooting and stuff, there's other things that he's gotten better at, but then there's other things that he's kind of regressed. So, again, he just kind of seems like the same kind of player, except for, the, you know, like, again, he's just not getting the double-doubles like we normally used to. He's shooting a little bit better. Like, last yesterday reminded me of him of last year. And the yeah. expectations we had as a freshman, he he thought it, they were good, but then we, he jumped to his sophomore year and like, okay, we're expecting a jump, and I don't think we got that this year with him, and that's why, to me, he has to stay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get let's start with Twitter on the comments here at Tim Gross three. This has been going on for a few years now. I think it's obvious where the problem lies. Returning all five starters in your nineteen and twelve. Come on, Jim, it's time. It's actually past time. So Ooh. call. <laughs> <laughs> call for the coach's head. Um, it's always happened. The, yeah, I know. The re, the returning five thing doesn't mean a whole lot unless all of those guys are, like, phenomenal players. And they weren't. I mean, no offense. No, there's got to be progression. Right. I just didn't see a lot of progression, and then we had some mm, yeah. addi- additions. Frank regressed. Yeah, and then we had some additions, and some people have had issues and problems with the role changes and the minute changes and – just trying to put it all together. It just hasn't been easy with this group this year. Yeah, and I mean, Pascal came in yesterday. Or, Pascal. Uh, Sadibi came in yesterday. He actually played decent. You yeah, know, I and, thought so. You know, and he's played, like, peanuts from the past, like, five games. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. um, it's just it's just freaking weird. I don't know what to say. It's sports, I guess. It's what it comes down to. At DFIN01, uh, where were the in-game adjustments looking like a team that wants the season to be over? Hope everyone is going to be healthy for the next game. Uh, They're referring to Tyus Battle. I hope he's going to be healthy, too, for the next game. Yeah, I I was on the phone with Joe, and I said, uh, where were the adjustments to the adjustments? Like, there's nothing. Like, like Joe said, like you said in the beginning of the show, Joe, I mean, they're running into each other. Like, wait, it looks like a figure eight racing out there. What are they doing? You know? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I just think that the in-your-face, tough, good, defense. man-to-man defensive yeah. teams that have the, the teams. I mean, you have to remember, I mean, that's, they have four seniors out there, four grown-ass men, 22, yeah. 23 years old. Yeah. That are out there Ding up these guys And Absolutely um, I think that It's just been proven Over The course of the season That the, the teams That play defense On us like that And then we don't shoot good I mean that's what It's going to look like that's So what it's gonna, You're right If, it's if not another team If another team Makes the, that adjustment um, And we don't have The players to make that adjust. I mean it's just It comes down to offense I think we've all seen it I think our defense Yesterday, still played good enough to win. It's always been our offense. Yeah, it, it, so yeah. We, we I mean, can't get to the hole. We couldn't get to the hole. We couldn't do anything, and then we get stuck just shooting j- jumpers. And if it's a good defensive team, it's contested jumpers. And if we're not hitting those, then that's what it looks like. Yeah. So I mean, they just couldn't get. I mean, ten minutes. I think they went zero for fourteen or something like that in that uh-huh. ten minutes without a bucket. No one could do anything, man. It was brutal. It was freaking mm-hmm. brutal to watch. Normally, I, I'm up and yelling at my TV or sc- screaming. I just sat there. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> I yeah. texted Joe at halftime. You like Syracuse being up at the half? 
<laughs> but not that that really means anything. But the trend trends I follow trends, and that was a that's a trend. So uh, anyway, yeah. at, at Nick Sweetland <laughs> one, I I just can't understand this team and and season. They play so well at times in games, then just fall fall apart and look lost. They need to win the first round game in the ACC to be in for sure. Tough way to end the regular season. Hopefully Jim can light a fire under their asses. What do you think about having to win a game to get in? I mean, I it it would look a whole lot better winning a game yeah. in the I ACC still, tournament. I still think, again, this could all just blow up in our faces because we don't really know. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that real quick. Go ahead. You know what I'm talking no, about. I mean, just the fact that uh, if we want to look at the – the bracketologist, and again, I've been talking about the bracketmatrix.com that I go to and check out, and um, they've currently updated their seating and everything since, as of yesterday. Uh, after I, I think it was after the games, and right now they currently have us as I think the third nine seed. Mm. So again, I mean, we're in every bracket, uh, yeah. and if we want to look at that and go by that measure then right now it looks like we're safely in. And even if we just lose, if we lose the next game, especially without Ty's battle, because they will look at that. But um, if we lose that, I still don't see us falling far enough to, I mean, maybe far enough to get in a, to fall to that 11 line. If there's enough upsets in these conference tournaments, but not far enough to fall out of the, out of the, the tournament. And that's what it looks like from what we look at, if we want to trust those bracketologists. But again, we've talked about this net ranking and them being a new kind of way to look at things. And we don't gauge. know how much we're, you know, like you said, we, we they don't know how much, we don't know how much they're going to put into that. There's the one unknown, which is totally, it, there's no formula for. And it's like, it's just like with everything, it's, it's done by humans and we know how humans go. So and we've talked about the politicking and th- all this and that, and a concern right. that coach raised during his press conference, and an article on Syracuse.com that kind of piqued your interest a little bit in the net is that you can have an a like really slack non-conference schedule, and yep. the efficiencies rated on that, not on the strength of schedule, it's just rated the efficiency of it, and it boosts you up in the net. So you actually right. you're actually kind of foe on your number, like at least mm-hmm. with the RPI and stuff like that, strength of schedule, all that stuff's added in. Yeah, it's, I mean, like again, we talk about it. So what's the point both, of playing a hard, a tough non-conference, which is what Syracuse has been trying to do? Right. Well, they're both flawed in a way, right? Well, at, so, yeah, but I. So I mean, yeah. to give a perfect example, NC State. Right. Like we just don't know where that's going to be, right? A lot of times, what you was, look at the bracket. What was their, bra- go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if you look at bracketmatrix.com, then right now they have NC State is the fourth 11 seed. But okay. NC State's got a better record than us, and NC State beat us head-to-head. And right. when you look at the net, what are we at, 47? Something like that. I haven't 40, checked it since we're, we're, we're 46. NC State's 32. Right. So, and just put this in your mind. So, right now you have – some people that look at that and NC State 32 in the net ranking, and that's what we're doing the quadrant system by this year. Right, yeah. Well, now last year we did it by the RPI, correct? Yeah, RPI, yeah. It's okay. So this year, right now currently in the RPI, NC State's 103. Right, Because right, and their strength of schedule is what? 
Well, their non-conference strength of schedule is like in the 350s. There's only a couple. There's 353 Division One basketball right, teams Right, they're like 350. There. <laughs> they're like 350, 351. Right. So it's hard for me to see a team that, again, going by the quadrant system, like we talked about, what are we, 4-0 in uh, quadrant – Four, four yeah. wins. Yeah. So, I mean, you you kind of relatively want that to be low because if you have a lot of quadrant four wins, then it's kind of showing you, you know, the how many quad right. right. It's supposed to kind of show you how many games against what type of opponents, like what type of game. And what was NC State's quadrant four record? Oh, uh, 10 and 0. <laughs> so there they're, 20, they're 21 and 10. <laughs> Half their wins are from quadrant four teams. That's, see, that's a, that's going to have to be fixed. Right, but but exactly. So what is what does the committee go by? Because I mean, when you look at that, <laughs> yeah. But but again, that's not every case too. Because if you look at a team like like us, we're forty six in the net, forty one in RPI. So there's not too much of a difference. What's our strength to schedule? We were up there. I thought we were like top ten strength to schedule. Well, yeah, our strength to schedule is top fifteen. So. Uh, we're, we're again, we're up there, and that's why we're in most bracketologists' eyes ahead of teams like NC State and other teams that might look like they have a better record and they beat us maybe head to head. Um, yeah, our strength of schedule is 10, by the way, and our RPI is uh, okay. 39. So, so, but uh, but you don't know what at the end of the day the bracketologist or I'm sorry, the committee is going to do, right? You don't know how, how much they're going to look into the net, and obviously, I don't see how. A team like NC State, who's got one of the worst non-conference records in college basketball, who's got ten other twenty-one wins from Quadrant Four teams, most of them most likely at home, and uh, they're up in ranked thirty-second. Yeah, I mean that's an eight seed or better. I just don't see, and I just, I'm not just doing this to to pick on NC State. No, you know, there's just other, the easiest example. There yeah, yeah, there's other teams up there right. too. I mean, Saint in the uh, net ranking, St. Mary's of California, they have. They have traditionally not made the tournament because of their non-conference uh, records, but in this net new net ranking, they're thirty seventh. <laughs> so again, it's you don't know what they're going to look at, and that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be nervous until I see what happens. I guess because I mean, I don't know. I just trust. I trust that. They'll make the right decision, I suppose, is where I come from. But anyway, at if not now, when 84, can we have a second half where we don't completely break down? Refs were atrocious again. Um, we we are we are like, I think we're like lost six games where we led at the half so far this year. So that's a, you know it's a good chunk. But um, what did you think about the refs, Joe? Would you, they let them play? Did you did you think it was? No, the problem is, is when they let people play like that, the more physical team has the upper hand. Right. So, and they are more, more the smaller. More, we're a little bit small too on that, on that end. Right. So we, they kind of allowed them to push them a little bit with their body and their shoulders. But then, you know, and then we turn around and we're swinging arms trying to block stuff, and you know, we're smacking them on the arms and and hands and and getting little ticky tack fouls called on you. So, I mean, obviously, when it came to the physicality of bumping people around, moving people around, uh, posting people up, uh, boxing people out. They let that go. But when it came to blocking shots and contesting shots, anything close to smacking around the hands or anything like that, they called. So that that kind of gave them a huge, huge advantage because they were letting them do – they were letting the players do the things that, that 
kind of went to Clemson's strengths. Right. And they also missed a couple out of bounds calls too. So I'm Yep, they did. I mean, again, they missed a couple here, there was a couple there, but again, I just we can make excuses all night long. Oh yeah, I'm not definitely not making excuses, but with a know. team with the t- when when our team plays offense like that, then then it's just not good. We have to be able to go to if we're not making outside shots, we we have to be able to go to the line and get to the get to the the lane. And Tyus Battle couldn't do that. So I don't know if there's problems with hand checks and, you know, the physicality again and just not being able to get in front of them to get to the to the to the paint and try to make something happen, but we got to be able to go to the free throw line and and when they play, we've talked about it before, when they when a team plays all up like that and defense and stuff like you have to go to the lane, be more physical, and you got to create fouls to get them in trouble and get yeah. them off you. Which is and right. We just never did that yesterday. Never did it, and that's kind of what we were hoping Brissett would start doing earlier in the year, and it was just no. I mean, he hit a couple outside yeah. shots, and yeah, he, he did. You know, he 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 played a good game. I'm just saying, in general, that was where we wanted. That's where I wanted to see Brissett. That's why I wanted to see Brissett doing Antias. Both of them. Yeah, um, like a game, a game like that. Frank Howard and Tyus Battle should be able to get like eight to ten free throws apiece. Right. Okay. Good point. Exactly. Um, well, speaking of Frank Howard, at USA Proud one two three, it comes down to Howard. He is a senior and not a good year. Probably worst year of his career. He has let mm-hmm. the team down. Battle can be can't be expected to do everything every game. Howard has been awful this year. I don't know if it is his sprain or his. Um, his his issue leg issue or whatever it was what was that I forget I don't even remember anymore. What's that? Howard's Frank injury. Howard? Oh, it was his ankle. Ankle. Okay. He had ankle surgery. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I don't know if it was his ankle. I don't know what it was. Maybe he's not totally comfortable. Maybe he's trying to not risk re-injuring himself, or maybe it's just that it's in his head. I I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's he, a lot of things that we'll never know. Yeah. You know, it's just. We could speculate all day long. At the end of the day, just well, my brother how- had a bad ankle injury, and I mean, it wasn't like like that. I didn't have surgery, but it was enough for him to uh, pretty much change the way he played. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and that's 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 could be a possibility. Uh, again, I think that it's like you said, it's just been coming down to consistency. Because there's nights where it's like, oh, okay, okay, Brissett's going to be the guy to kind of be. The it, duo to, to no one's to reliable, and then it's every right, game exactly. So you're trying to figure it out. And right. If Hughes, you go out there, and if Howard's not doing anything, and Hughes ain't doing anything, or Brissett, like then he's gonna throw different people out there. And he threw Sidibe out there because they tried to attack it a different way. Those bigger guys actually played okay in the first half. Um, but again, just just the inconsistency of the way you got to look at it is, for instance. When a coach has, when everyone's, when you have something that's locked tight, you're playing good, mm-hmm. you know, barring random matchup issues, for the most part, you have your rotations, your roles, and you even kind of know who will play if you're playing a taller team or if you're playing maybe a four guard team, you know, who will play a little bit more. But the just the base, the basic inconsistency of Beheim's substitutions should tell you where this team is. He's still trying to search to figure it out. Because one night it's this guy, one night it's this guy, one night it's this guy, one night battle's not doing anything, and then you're really screwed. Yeah. And all he's doing is trying to different combinations, doing trying different things to try to figure it out. And it seems to just like every once in a while something will click against a team. But it seems like the only thing that they could ever do, even close to consistent, is play defense and keep them in the game. 
Yeah, it's the defense is the one consistency, Joe. I agree with that. It's just I mean, the offense fall, has been fall, consistent too. They fall too. apart every once in a while, and sometimes teams find weird ways to be able to attack them. But at the end of the day, the inconsistency of Jim Beheim's just substitutions tells should tell you where it's at. Yeah, he has no idea yeah. who's going to play, how good, what day. Like it's all different. It's different every day. He doesn't even know what he's going to end up doing. The uh, the only thing consistent about the offenses is that they're inconsistent. Right. So, yep. uh, at Big Chuck 44, this has to be the biggest Enigma team we have ever had. Score 90 at Duke, high 80s in UNC, and can't score 60 against Clemson. I don't get it at all. Uh, yeah, that's right on board. That's, that's just goes on with exactly what we were just talking about. Exactly. So, yeah. We, that was not planned. At nope. Scrant 14, absolute frustration. A- absolute frustration as I've ever had all year. Just seems like no one is responding to Bayheim and his redundant routine and lack of ga- in game adjustments. This team has not improved at all, and the regression of Frank and O'Shea's play is alarming. Uh, <sighs> it's alarming at the, this stage of the year. And what we saw yesterday from, I mean, Frank Howard all year, but. um, Well, it's the inconsistency. It's hard to make adjustments at halftime, and I completely agree with him. Is it looks like the other teams. The other teams are adjusting. Right. But our thing is, is Bayheim's adjusting to our team and how they're playing. Who's playing? Who showed up today? Now, what can I do? I mean, that's the first half. Sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it doesn't. But. First half is him figuring out who showed up today, who wants to play today. What are we gonna do? Like it's hard to make bo- does in game. Does that does that worry you? I mean, of course it worries me. But I mean, the thing is, this, is, is, is are, are they gonna be able to step this thing up? Are they gonna all of a sudden the, be able to click? Are they all of a sudden gonna be able to make a run? Is this gonna be a Syracuse team that we're gonna be like, oh, you know, it's tournament time, time to go. Here we go. The, the problem <laughs> is, is that this kind of stuff happens. I just I don't understand really how to. Every every team is different, but it just seems to me as though the times when we don't think we're going to do anything in the tournament, we actually do. I know. I and know. then the times that we actually hey think That's we have a point. good team and we could make a run, we end up losing in the first or the second round. I know. We lose to so, Dayton. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, look what happened with – I mean, we won the national championship 2003. We really – I mean, we knew Carmelo Anthony was good, but we weren't expecting it. Then we return on a whole bunch of people, and we think we're going to do good. And what we lose in the Sweet 16, then we lose to Vermont, and then we lose to Texas A&M in the second round. I mean, we didn't do anything the next three years after that. Yeah. So I mean, 1996 when we went with John Wallace and them. I mean, we were I think a four seed, but we weren't expected to make that run. We weren't expected to make the run a couple years ago, well, a couple years back when we went to the Final Four. Oh no, absolutely not. So I mean, it's so, been it's been it's been. That. And then you have the Ennis year. What did we do that year? The, we nothing. <laughs> we lost to Dayton, wasn't that when we lost to Dayton? I think so. Yeah. And we were twenty five and zero. Yeah. So yeah. The bottom line so, is, is when it gets to that was the second round too, but our our second game, Dayton back against back against the wall. They they tend to show up, and we do have the talent. Who knows? We might. But the most opportune time, we might like, see like, like everything Nick start said, clicking. Maybe, like Nick said, maybe Jim Baham can light a fire under him. We'll, we're just gonna have to see. But all we can do now yeah. is is talk about what we've what we see now, and what we see now stinks. Uh, <laughs> Steven says bad loss. Yes, Clemson needed it more for the big dance chant for the big dance chances. But these guys need to get back on track and failed too many uh, hub mistakes. Head up butt. Rap. <laughs> 
he put that in there. Uh, rapid, uh, rapidly becoming, if you can contain Tyus, others rarely step up. Well, I mean, well, Brissett stepped up yesterday, but I get it. If you can, if, if they can focus their attention on one guy, a lot of times uh, that's all they need, and that's enough to win. And it's been yeah. certainly been the case for like some of the you know some of the ranked teams that we played recently. And right. you know, like for instance, UVA, how they just they just snuffed him, you know, at halftime when they swapped that around. So, um, yep. yeah, definitely. Alex says, "Look now, look." So here's the deal. I think we've had Joe's cousin on fan feedback. We've had Joe's mom on fan feedback. We've had Joe's dad on fan feedback. Now we got one of his brothers. When's Wes getting in on the action, Joe? No, oh, you know him never. <laughs> Alex, yeah. he's Alex. already been on the show. In the background. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's more than, than more we could say for Alex. Alex says yep. refs basically benched Elijah, but he played well, and we and we were still in it even with Battle getting shut down. Poor performance, but Clemson needed that win. What do you say to your brother? What do you say? Well, to I him? talked I talked to him last night, so he knows he knows what I think. Okay. So I think I think that considering. I mean, he, he's. We need Elijah Hughes to score. We need some points yeah. from Frank Howard. Yeah. We need that kind of stuff, and that's what we missed yesterday. So, again, yeah. we just need a little bit of everything. Hughes, like you know, I said, five games with uh, double digits and just zero yesterday. So. Yeah. Uh, Matthew says, uh, does not seem to be any second half adjustments. There, that is again. Teams yeah. are running basic vanilla offense in the first, and then picking us apart in the second. I mean. Yeah, I think the I think our like Joe said, I think the defense has been has been good, and when we when we've been able to go in the locker room with leads and we've been able to score, uh, you know, they they come out and whoever's whoever's got the hot hand, they they tend to just they tend to their defense that heavy man defense just yeah. we struggle. And again, and I'll say it over and over again, when you play against defenses like that, uh, all five players on your on the court on your team need to be a threat to be able to score. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. And you're going to have to shoot lights out or have somebody just play amazing. And it's happened a couple times, but more times than not, when we play teams like that and we have certain guys struggle or we don't have all five guys being able to do something, then that's what you see. Um, One more, real quick. I just saw this one. Uh, What would our record be if games were 20 minutes? Well, it's irrelevant, but he goes on. It might be time for Jimmy to hang it up. After two years without Hopkins, our offense has sucked. Any, any, you know how I feel about Mike Hopkins. I love that guy. Any, yeah. and is there any, do you think there's any truth to that? About Mike Hopkins, you know, not being there to, to, to coach some of these, especially the big guys, through some of this stuff? Uh, it, there could definitely be a truth to that. Yeah, I mean, if the bench coaches that, we have right now we're good enough to coach Washington and they'd have a, a, a job being a head coach somewhere so True. <laughs> um, you know or if they were good enough to be a head coach it just proves what kind of coach we had on our sideline so obviously um, you have any type of assistant coach like that that's with you that's always going to be a plus because it's essentially a second head coach so obviously if you lose a guy like that then it's going to affect affect your team no doubt yeah unfortunately and uh yeah, I, so I'm buying. I'm buying into that, Jake. I'm buying into at least the last half of your statement there. All right. Well, um, 
that's it for fan feedback. Y'all know where to go. Go to at Cuse Militia on Facebook and Twitter. And I always provoke your thoughts. Get there uh, and leave something for us, and we'll see if you get on. All right, Joe. So the ACC tournament is going to start up when? I guess it starts up Tuesday, right? Yes, sir. And we do not have to play Tuesday. But no. we will have to play Wednesday. And we're going to be playing the winner of Syracuse's sixth seed, by the way. And we're yep. going to have to play the winner of the Pitt-Boston College game. And <sighs> our game will be tipping off after 9 o'clock, which is just fantastic. And our next game, if we win, will also tip off after 9 o'clock. And our next game, if we win that, will also tip off after 9 o'clock. So there we go. Yeah, at least the third time, if <laughs> if we did get there, that would mean it would be a Friday night. We'd be in the semifinals, and we would have, beat, we would have beaten Duke. So that's true. Um, that's absolutely. But yeah, true. that's just it's brutal. Obviously, I'm not going to sit there and root one way or another um, for between a six or a seven. I mean, you want to be a little bit higher, but I, I I'm not going to lie. Looking at the teams that they're playing and where they are in the time of the games, I probably would have taken where Louisville is over. Over us right now. Um, Just Boston. Yeah. You know? Well, you'd rather, I'd rather be where Virginia Tech is. I'd rather be, a five, you know, right there. Oh, you, you're saying if you were to go down, you'd rather be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we didn't okay. have a chance to get catch Virginia right. Tech. No, I that's mean, it true. was between us and Louisville. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just looking at it, just, I know that Georgia Tech um, beat us earlier in the year, but. Being a seven seed right there, I mean, I'd rather get a shot at North Carolina. I think Zion's going to be back for that Duke game. So um, Duke's going to be 100% healthy, which they haven't been either of the two times we've played them this year. So, And again, you have Boston College and Pitt who um, they're 11 in the 14th seed, and we beat them two times this year. So it's not easy to beat a team three times. No, so, it's, it's not. It's and, not of easy course, we don't even know how battle's going to be. And, ugh. Nine o'clock. Well, so <sighs> we're gonna have to play Pitt or Boston College. Which one would you rather play? I. That's a tough call, ain't it? Yeah, it is. I don't it really, really is. I don't, probably, it's a toss up for me, to be honest. I guess Pitt, maybe if I had to put. I'd, huh? I'd go Pitt. Yeah. Um, right. So. Well, if we win that game, if you don't already know, if we win that game, you heard Joe earlier, uh, we, then we get to play Duke again, and you know they're going to be they're going to be healthy, the whole team. Yeah. So it's going to be a it's going to be a tough it's going to be tough, dude. Yeah. Again, I don't put too. It would, and it's awesome, always awesome to go into a little run um, in the tournament like that, but. Uh, you know, there's been times where I've seen teams make those runs, play three or four nights in a row, and it kind of wears them out for the NCAA tournament. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them. I mean, again, they're always fun. You always want to play uh, every night if you can in a tournament like this. You know, you look forward to it. I'd love to be able to play 9 p.m. on a Friday night. But realistically, I don't know how that's looking, especially. I, I just care about battle getting healthy and really just – winning this this first game so that we can just kind of to me that would just take away all doubt realistically uh it's not that it'd be a good game to, or a big win it's just getting that one more win 
get the first win and, and then go and play Duke again and um, just padding that strength of schedule. So, yeah, I uh, mean, the one win would be nice. And if we get that one win, we have to play Duke. So I really, you know, that's going to be a game where I, I want that game. I want that game bad. Oh, of course we'd want it. I want that game really bad. But yeah. uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a different Duke team that we've seen both times this year. So, anyway, as far yeah. as the as far as the podcast goes, are anything to do with the show coming back? I if if Syracuse wins, we will not be back. If if they win their first game, we're not going to be back basically until they lose, and we're going to have to figure out where we where we sit. And then at obviously at yeah. the end of this uh, this next a week from today is Selection Sunday. And we can come back, um, you know, after that as well and talk about that. So just be on the lookout. You know, it, it, the show goes as the way Syracuse goes. So yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. And if we yeah. can squeeze something in at some point, then we will. But, you know, it's tough doing a show that's recorded, you know, when the team's playing every night. Yeah. So just, And just to be clear, too, those 9 o'clock games when it comes to uh, – you know, Wednesday night, and if we win Thursday night, uh, I know they say 9 p.m., but essentially that's – as those games go, they're at the same court. So there's going to be a right, game ahead at, of it. It starts at 7. So, I mean, technically it's it's half an hour after the game before it ends. So, you know, you get a Louisville-Georgia Tech matchup that goes into overtime. Yeah, it could be 10 talking, o'clock. It could be, 9, it could be 9.30 or later. So, I think it's going to be close to 9.30 to begin with. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, that was one right. thing I thought about was what happens if like, you know, because I was you got me thinking about that that Syracuse UConn six overtime and it's like, what if the six overtime game was like, it wasn't the nine o'clock game, it was the seven o'clock game. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. You know what Could I mean? Imagine? Like, imagine if that had happened and then they still had to play like the game after, and it would have been like. Yeah. So if it was a seven o'clock game, it would have ended at almost eleven, and the other team would have. Started. Had to have played at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's like pretty one, funny. Yeah, like eleven thirty midnight something. And like that, that game yeah. didn't tip off till like nine twenty six. Just so you know, so that's about what we're looking at nine thirty if everything rolls smooth. So, Most likely. Yep. yep. So, um, all right. Well, that is it for us, and we will get back here when we can get back, and as soon as we can get back, be on the lookout Tuesday for another episode to drop a little Q story episode with me and Joe. Um, until then. Uh, we'll see you guys later. I want to thank Tick Splits, uh, Armchair All-Americans, James on Guitar, all, all the regulars, um, my bookie, J.P. Mulligans. Um, you know the deal with J.P. Mulligans. Go there. You go there, watch the tourney, dollar off the bats during the SU game. Hit it up. Grab some wings. Check it out. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.